The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. What the f*** was I thinking <laughs> picking the Bills to lose in the wild card round? I picked them to win the Super Bowl. What's wrong with me? I told me? you, some German woman made your pasta and meatballs last week. Some, some woman named Heike, Heike. Joint Mega Picks Podcast, really the last one of the season because this is the last weekend of games. We get to talk really slow today because there's only two games, two games to discuss. PFTPM, Chris Sims unbuttoned. Well, listen, I've been saying this all week long. In exchange for the memorable two days of games that we got in the divisional round, the best two days in NFL history from the standpoint of games being played. I will gladly go 0-4 straight up. I will gladly go 0-4 against the spread. I'll take 0-272 for a weekend like the one that we had. So, yeah, I, my God, I was just yeah, – I, I, yeah. I couldn't believe it. I couldn't believe it. I couldn't believe it. Yeah, thank you. But you know what? Any one of those games could have gone the other way. How can you feel bad about it? Every game was a coin flip. Every game could have gone the other way. On Saturday, the lesser team won both games. On Sunday, the Bucks had a chance late and blew it. The Bills had a chance late and blew it. I can't feel bad about it. Somebody – Somebody was trying to give me a hard time about like, oh, oh, oh good thing you don't bet. Good. I'd say, hey, man, my check's clear either way. I don't care if I went 0-4, right? I mean, shove it up your ass is basically what my response was for somebody who was trying to taunt me. We try to do our best, and nobody knows. Yeah. Nobody knows. Well, and you so, went on one with your best bets. I mean, that's not that bad. It was a, yeah, it was a crazy weekend. No the doubt over, about it. I, that was the one thing. The thing I can't that even if, believe if someone it. had said to me, Jeez. if someone had said to me last week, Give me one thing that you feel good about this weekend. It was the over in Bill's Chiefs. Ah. Everything else, I didn't know what was going to happen. I didn't know what was going to happen. And it played out. Nobody knew what was going to happen. That's what you get. When you get exciting games, you get crazy shit that makes people like us look like fucking idiots. That's no, you, okay. You, no, correct like yourself. Me. You, you. No, not me. Yeah. I was 2-2 two and two at 500. I knew what the fuck was going on. Sorry. <laughs> but You got well, lucky, too. Wait, who'd you pick to win? You picked the 49ers. And the Rams. Right, right. right. And the Rams. Yes, yeah. I did. And, and you got lucky. You pulled one out of your ass with the 49ers. I won't deny and that. You, and you pulled one out of your ass late with the Rams. Well, you were probably I mean, sweating. Kinda. I mean, come on. That was the biggest butt whooping of the weekend. But, yes, I got you. You, you, were, you were sweating like Mike McCarthy's going to be sweating all year long. Uh, well, During yeah. I mean, well, it was already shaping up in that game. It was uh, everybody was going to give Brady the credit for the comeback, even though there was fumbles and every disaster. I was like, oh my gosh, here we go. We have to hear. Brady about this. made it happen. Yeah, Brady made it happen. It all happened. Brady, I mean, we're, we're Brady here today. Put, he, ma- he made this matchup happen. It's, it's, he makes everything happen. <laughs> Brady, Brady put the old Italian curse on the center to make him snap it past Matthew Stafford. <laughs> That's right. You know, that's what Brady can do. So wait, so what? What is so. the equivalent to like Brady's got a shamrock up his butt? What's the equivalent to like the Italian, you know, shamrock? Is there? A, is it the boot or is it that leg thing that Italians? No, it's this. It's this thing. But see, this thing. I don't know <laughs> if this thing is good or bad. What the hell it's, is that? That's Aaron Rodgers does that all the time. That's, that's like a it's rock either, band concert. What the hell then is that? It, then it must be bad. <laughs> uh, I think it means I love you in sign language. It means something else when you do this. It means something else entirely when you do that. But uh, sorry, Kristen. But, uh, <laughs> uh, but, but regardless, um, it's, there's some sort of, like, the Italians are crazy. Like, you, you ward off evil spirits, and then you throw them back on, and then there's the little horn that, that you wear That's what I mean. What is that? That's what I was thinking I of. Like, what is it? You know, I because know. you had that going up your butt with that, that late yeah. scoring frenzy between the Bills and the Chiefs to get the, the over. The yeah. Damn. I mean, you got, that was, 
That was huge. That really was. I mean, that, that could have gave me a chance to still tie in best bets for the season. But because both of those quarterbacks were so awesome down the stretch, it screwed me over. And, you know, you don't have to tell me a whole lot about crazy Italians. I mean, I, I work with one every day. Uh, he, it's crazy. And I'm married to one every day where she's, she might be crazier than you. I don't know what the hell I was thinking, but I married her, and I got our all-damn family along with it, and you're all crazy from what I say. <laughs> the, the thing that drives me nuts about the Italians is really the obsession with superstitions and evil spirits and the ability of other human beings to summon the forces of darkness against their enemies. Like, how weird is that? I've never been... And maybe it's just because I resisted my dad constantly obsessed with all of that stuff, with superstitions and the ability. Somebody put the evil eye on us. Well, how the hell can they put the evil eye on us? Let's put it back on them. Better yet, let's go get a gun. I mean, let's be, I mean, if we're concerned, we were concerned about evil eyes. It just was all stupid. It was all stupid. Anyway. um, That was a good talk, though. I didn't expect it to go there. I kind of enjoyed that. Well, we got time to kill because yeah. we only have two games to talk about. Uh, so uh, shall we get to it? Let's Points do it. bet providing the odds for Championship Sunday, the early game, 3 p.m. Eastern in Kansas City. The Cincinnati Bengals taking on the Chiefs. The Chiefs opened as six-and-a-half-point favorites. The line has since moved to seven in favor of the Chiefs with an over-under of 54 Point five, Just like last week. The over-under last week actually moved from 54.5 to 54. And for a while, it looked like it was going to be under. And then all of a sudden, they score 100 points in the final five minutes of the game. 75%, no, 77%, excuse me, of the spread money is on the Chiefs. Is the Chris Sims spread money on the Chiefs? Well, you're going to have to wait for that for a few minutes because I'm not going to give well, the answer just, to that. I know, yeah, I, I, know, know. I know, I know. I'm I know. teasing, yes. I'm slipping back into when we have to do so, 16 games mode. <laughs> we have time to talk about this. Where do you want to go here first? What do you think you want to do? You want to break down Bengals offense, Chiefs defense, vice versa? What's the more, more interesting one to you where you want to go? I always, I always bow to you, oh, great Florio. Let's do Bengals offense, Chiefs defense because we saw last time around a strong reluctance by the Chiefs' defense to, you know, put appropriate defensive players on yeah. Jamar Chase to keep him from wrecking the game. No, right. I, listen, that, to me, that it is the key to the football game in, in a lot of ways. It's this matchup right here. Uh, the Chiefs, you know, watching the game back uh, uh, from week, eight, week 17, you know, watching the game last week against the Buffalo Bills, what they do. The Chiefs want to play man-to-man. That's what they like to do. And then they do some disguise stuff where so they drop into zones and do all that. But, like, when the game is on the line or it's a big play, they'd rather get their corner up in your face and go, we're going to make you earn it. You're going to have to get open, and we're going to make your quarterback have to throw the football. It's a good formula versus most of the fo- football league, versus most of the NFL, not against this fucking group. Are you kidding me? So they should have learned their lesson watching back that film. I mean, first off, you can't match up with all these guys across the board. You can't. You know, they're, they're, they're receiving court. It's more dangerous than the Chiefs is. It is. Higgins, Boyd, Jamar Chase. To me, when I look back at the game, that was what got the, the Chiefs in trouble. Listen, the Chiefs, you heard me say this. You know, they played, they played zone, and on two of those plays, Jamar Chase made a big touchdown play. You know, but they weren't the wrong calls. You know, one that Sorensen didn't execute the right way and didn't get to his half playing cover two, and he just let Jamar Chase run up the sideline. The other one that we've always seen where, you know, Jamar Chase catches the little out route and then stops and then runs through the defense. I mean, again, you know, great players are going to make some great plays at times. It wasn't the wrong defense. Yeah, they gave up a 10-yard completion. They had people to rally there to make the tackle, and they didn't do that. Jamar Chase is a superstar, arguably the best receiver in football. So, But my big thing is, I think from those two plays, Spagnolo got scared to play zone after that, where he was like, oh, no, they made those two big plays. Oh, I'm going to get back to make them earn it. And to me, Mike, that would be one thing I'd go, no, I wouldn't. You almost have to approach the Bengals, in my opinion, almost like teams approach the Chiefs the whole year. We're going to take the big play away, take the big play away, and, and maybe they'll make a mistake or they won't be able to score touchdowns. So the Raiders did that to them a little bit in the wild card round, but that's what I would expect. And why would I expect that even more? Look at last week. You know, the Titans play zone defense. 
That made Burrow hold the ball a little bit, wait for guys to get in windows. You pat the ball, boom, he gets crushed and sacked. So that's why I would do that. That, to me, is one of the big things of the football game. You know, you play man-to-man. We saw what Jamar Chase could do in man-to-man. Third and 27 against the Bengals in Week 17. First down. You know, touchdowns down the right sideline versus man-to-man. A whole bunch of other big plays. So that's where I think the Chiefs got to be very careful about their approach. You play zone. You give your chance to your pass rush to get to the quarterback. Even last week, Titans made a dreadful error when the, the Bengals were backed up. And they played man and blitz, and what'd they do? They threw the ball one yard deep to Jamar Chase. He made one guy miss, and all of a sudden he's 60 yards up the sideline. So that approach to me is one of the things to look out for, Mike. And I don't know, I ask you, do you think Spagnolo and company will back off like they normally do and take a little different approach? Or you think they're just going to go, hey, this is what got us here. This is what we do. Screw it. And we'll just we'll, we'll play him the way we want to play him. I think you have to formulate your plan to mesh with the opponent you're facing. And they've gotten the experience just a few weeks ago of what it means to face the Bengals' offense. So, yeah, I, like, like we say all the time, the team that won round one is going to be tempted to do what it did the last time around. And the team that lost is going to have the impetus to change. It puts more pressure on the team that won the last time around. It really is astounding. The Bengals won, and they're seven-point underdogs in the rematch. But I think it does give the Chiefs the kick in the ass, and it, I think, compels the Bengals to maybe break from what they did, be ready to do something else. And I'm looking at the, the season statistics for a key player that we have not mentioned. We talked about the game earlier today for, I don't know, a solid 20 minutes on PFT Live. Joe Mixon, I think, is a guy that could be a difference maker in this game. There was a stretch middle of the season yeah, where right. the Bengals went run heavy against the Steelers. And against the Raiders, 123 yards rushing on 30 carries against the Raiders in a 32-13 to win, and 165 yards rushing in 28 carries against the Steelers in a 41-10 to victory. Maybe Steve Spagnuolo and the Chiefs defense is going to be so obsessed with taking away Jamar Chase, accounting for T. Higgins so they don't get Gabriel Davis by him, dealing with Tyler Boyd, dealing with Joe Burrow, Maybe one way, and this gets back to keep Patrick Mahomes on the sidelines drinking Gatorade, maybe Joe Mixon is a big part of this game plan. Maybe the zig when they zag this week is shorten the game, extend the drives, take full advantage of a guy who had 54 yards rushing last week, 48 yards rushing the week before, hasn't had more than 65 yards rushing in any game since having 165 against the Steelers. What do you think of that? I, I, I mean, he's got to play a factor in this game. He has to. Uh, because of what you said, I, I think, you know, the Chiefs are going to have to formulate their, their plan a little bit about what happened first time around. So, therefore, I would expect them to play maybe some more conservative pass coverages and defenses that way, which are going to lend, like, two good looks in the run game. And... When you have, as we've talked about, you know, a few times last weekend, when you know your offensive line is struggling in pass protection the way it is, the best way to slow down a good pass rush, and let's not mess up here or mess around, this Chiefs pass rush is good. You know, we, we've talked about it a lot. I mean, they got three difference makers up there, Jones and Clark and Melvin Ingram. Uh, it's, it's tough to deal with that group. I, I, they definitely have an advantage when it comes to the pass game. You worry about the run game a little, getting that going, then – that might bring the Chiefs into some of the looks that we talked about that burned them in Week 17 to where, damn, man, Joe Mixon up the middle for eight. Joe Mixon up the middle for ten. Okay, crap. You know what? we got to play man-to-man. we got to get another guy in the box. i got to be a little more aggressive here. I can't. We're, we're dying a slow death that way. I just – I do question whether the Bengals can get it going. You know, we've seen, you know, here against, you know, upper echelon-type defenses, playoff defenses with studs in the front seven – I don't know if the Bengals can do it. I don't. I do think you got to try and see what happens there, but I, I do question whether they'll have the ability to get Joe Mixon off and have a big day. I do. I'm not sure how that will work. Well, but if the Chiefs do skew heavily toward yeah. protecting their their, their asses corners. against right. getting burned by, yeah. and you know, then, then then the opening may be there I for know. Joe Mixon. We I know, know he's got the capability to do it. I think that what happened with the Bengals, once they kind of hit stretch run playoff mode, 
it became get the ball, more Joe about Burrow. flexing, flexing yeah. the offensive muscle in the passing game. I agree. And, I agree. And, you know, when, when, you're, when you're mapping out the continuation of the game from January 2 and you're thinking what are the Chiefs going to do given what basically was an extended halftime, a very extended halftime after the Bengals' victory, what are the Chiefs going to do and how are we going to adjust? And what, what is going to be there for us? You know, you can, as I said this earlier today, you can take those 11 players and deploy them however you want. But there's always going to be an opening somewhere. The challenge is finding it, exploiting it, and then moving to another opening that arises when they try to account for that one. Right. That's part of the, yeah, the chess the match ch- that yeah. goes on throughout a game. But, but uh, I, I, I just think that, look, the, the, the Bengals need something early to seize some momentum. It reminds me, at one level, of what happened in the wild card round. The Steelers and the Chiefs played it close. The Steelers were able to hang in there. Then they get the gift touchdown on the T.J. Watt fumble recovery and return. The problem is the Steelers didn't have the offense to continue. See, with the Chiefs, you got to catch them flat-footed like every quarter. You can't just rely on one early one because they'll recover from it. At some point, they're going to rattle off. They're, they're the team, the basketball team that goes on the 18-2 to two run. The Bengals have the offense to go toe-to-toe with them. They just need a, an opening, a couple of openings, but they need, to, they, they need their offense to keep going. As I say that, I'm talking myself into forget about running the ball. You've got to show you can pass. You've got to show that Joe Burrow is able to go toe-to-toe with Patrick Mahomes. I, I think they're going to err on that still, Mike. I, you know, because of what you said. What you're saying is basically when they realized they had to get in the playoffs and do all that, they wanted to put the ball in their best player's hand, and they were going to go down that way. Not going, oh, we've got to be balanced and run the ball with Joe Mixon and do that. I'm with you there. I mean, again, I think they'll test the waters a little early to see, like, hey, can we run the ball? Can this really be an aspect of our game today and do that and do that? But once if they get a feel like, oh, no, it doesn't look good, I think they'll go back to what you're talking about. They're just going to go, let's go, Joe Burrow, and start picking them apart. Uh, we're, we're not going to go down, you know, throwing jabs and protecting body blows and stuff. We're coming out going to the haymakers, and I expect that. And listen, I could see, you know, I could see the Bengals being – I could see this game going so many different ways. I wouldn't be shocked to see the Chiefs jump out to a lead and the Bengals come back like happened in Week 17 or the other way around. I don't know. There's a lot of damn uh, explosive offensive players on the field in this one, which should lead to some exciting plays. Here's an important point that I just kind of thought of as we were talking it through. The Bengals have made it clear throughout most of the season that they're here to stay. They intend to be here to stay. So so they're, they're trying to build something that is – consistent they want to contend every year they plan to contend every year I think they're more likely to go down swinging they're not going to get timid when they've gotten this far because they're going to be back here next year and they don't want to develop this habit of when we get close to the brass ring we're going to start looking down and get nervous oh it's a long fall off the horse no they're going to try to grab it and if they fail this year fine but we're going to be who we are. We're not going to change who we are. Like The Chiefs aren't going to change who they are. We're not going to change who we are. And if who we are isn't good enough this year, oh, well, next year it will be. We're going to keep being who we are. So, I, you know, I, I, I think that it's important to realize this isn't the last season the Bengals are ever going to play. No, this is just They're a at start. the beginning. Yes. And now is not the time for the Bengals to go timid. Being who they are has gotten them this far. So, I've talked myself out of a run-heavy approach with Joe Mixon and just let Joe Burrow come out and be the babyface killer and do what he needs to do to try to beat Patrick Mahomes. All right, Patrick Mahomes has the ball. Bengals on defense, what happens? Well, I mean, you know, there's no longer the, like, you can't say with the Kansas City Chiefs anymore, like, we're going to protect the deep part of the field and we're just going to wait and we think the Chiefs will be impatient and mess things up, you know, and they won't. They'll, they'll make a turnover, or Mahomes will try to force a pass. That's over. So you better not like go into the game thinking that's going to happen. No way. I mean, look at last week. What do you think the Bills were doing the whole damn game? I mean, it was 12-play drive, 12-play drive, 13-play, 60-yard drive for, for a field goal. I mean, they, 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 that's over. Mahomes answered those questions. He's realized how he's got to play here going forward until defenses start playing different. So they're totally comfort, comfortable doing that. And the Bengals in week, in week 17, 
2018, they they took that approach because they were still a little bit like, well, you know, I don't know. We haven't seen enough games yet of the Chiefs being patient and carving people up. You know, but but within that, early in the game, the Chiefs were patient and carved them up to a degree. You know, the the thing that I look at that's also different, the Chiefs will have a healthy offensive line this first time this this time around. You know, in week seventeen they did not. They had to move some people around. They had two of their starters out. I think that affected the football game. But to me, more than anything, Mike, and I think we hit this a little on, on PFT this morning, like you gotta do some outside the box things with the with the Chiefs right now in my opinion. You can't just think, "Oh, we're going to play, you know, soft zone coverages and we'll make for them make a mistake." I think we've gotten to the point now where no, you're going to have to roll the dice and be a little calculated and take some risks here and there. You're gonna. The Bengals got very good corners. I think there's a few times in every quarter they got to roll the dice and go, "You know what? I'm going to bring some crazy little blitz and, you know, maybe drop a guy over here." And uh, hope that, you know, it just flusters Mahomes or he doesn't see things the right way or they don't pick up the blitz the right way and we get home and hit him as he's throwing the ball. Something of that nature. But to sit there and think you're going to play this like, oh, Ben, don't break, and they'll actually break, that is done. That is done. And that's the one thing, Mike, I know I told you today too. Just the Bengals, one of my critiques of them during the season was – if they want to make a run in the playoffs or get to the Super Bowl, they got to be a little more versatile and tricky on defense. And they've done that the first two weeks of the playoffs. And we'll see. I think they're going to have to do some of that again here in this one if they want to win it because just playing soft zone coverage, stop it. Stop it, stop it, stop it. Mahomes is going to, cover, he's going to carve you up. And, and th- this reminds me of what former Vikings coach Mike Zimmer had to say after the Vikings were stomped by the Eagles 38-7 four years ago in the conference championship round. He said, and I'm paraphrasing, next time we get back here, maybe we need to spend a little more time looking at our tendencies. You got 19 games of film. 19. What have you shown? How can you counter that? Self-scout thyself scout the other team that's where the next level attention to detail sleep in the office shower every other day right that that, that's where it really reaches a crescendo what have you kept in your bag of tricks and what are you able to detect in the trail of breadcrumbs that covers 20 weeks that's out there what can you find you know i i think of the the scene from The Hangover when Zach Galifianakis' character is counting cards and they're doing the, the, the riff on A Beautiful Mind and everything. This is it. It's all out there. What can you do this week to find that thing that's going to give you the edge? Or are you going to keep doing what you've done all along defensively? And, and you've seen signs of the Bengals doing things differently. That's going to be the challenge. And from so. the Chiefs standpoint, Chiefs standpoint, shit, just keep doing what you do. Yeah. Why stop? They're in right. a groove. They're in a zone. They're Michael Jordan in the shrug game. And, it, you know, why, why stop? Just shrug. Just keep going. I, I ag- agreed. I mean, the Chiefs got it going on, on the offensive side of the ball. That's for sure. They kind of recaptured their mojo there in December and January and I think really have played their best football the last two weeks as far as just total, complete game plan and, and how to play that the right way. They're one of the best pass-protecting offensive lines in football. That's why I look at it and, too, go, Bengals, you can't just play soft zone coverages and think your front four is going to get it done. I don't think so, not against this group. i got a lot of respect for that Bengals D-line, but it's not great enough to where I think it's going to overpower this Chiefs offensive line in passing the game. And to your point, too, with the Chiefs rolling and doing what you do, you know, there was a point late in the year, December, November, where I was going, the Chiefs got to run the ball a little bit more because Mahomes hasn't shown the ability totally to be patient yet. So I was going, well, if they're going to play these soft zones, then you got to take advantage of this big overpowering offensive line and run the ball a little bit. Well, you know, Mahomes did mature and figured it out. And within that a little bit, the Chiefs have just the right mix of running the football, just the right mix. You know, even last week, it doesn't have to be earth-shattering. It doesn't have to be anything like that. But, you know, they ran it well enough to where the Bills had to worry about it. 
and and not only worry about it, but you know what it does again. Like we always talk about, it slows a pass rush down. Yeah, you get you let your offensive line you know fire off the ball and 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 impose their physicality as well. But to me, it does more for the Chiefs in the fact that it opens up another avenue of their playbook. You know, when they run the ball just a little, then the McCole Hardman and Tyree kills reverses and sweeps. They they carry more water. They're more dangerous. And then all of a sudden, the play action pass becomes a real thing, and it doesn't have to be Mahomes in the shotgun and that's where they become a really really dangerous offense and that's where you know I, I do look at the Bengals defense DJ Reader Hendrickson they're going to have to play their best game of the year for them to win this football game there, there's somebody on that defense is going to have to make some things happen that are outside the norm uh, for, for for them to you know get an extra position for Joe Bur- possession for Joe Burrow or pull off the upset all right, so now it's time to make the picks. And what we've done this week, because I wanted to protect myself against any temptation, I have a two-game lead against the spread versus Chris. There's only three games left to pick. I could just, and this is where the temptation came into play, I could just hear what Chris says and take the same pick against the spread and, uh, you know, kind of coast into the winner's circle. I don't want that temptation. I trust that I would do the right thing. I don't want the devil on my left shoulder telling me, just wait, just wait, change your pick, change your pick. So before we started, I texted my scores and winners to Pete. He can, and, and for the right amount of money, he will agree that the scores I tell you <laughs> yeah. are the actual scores right. I told him. He gets the temptation. <laughs> he, He's, hey, tw- hey, Chris, wait, wait, but let me tell Pete, go ahead and, and send me a tweet. With your bank deposit I was, just, I was thinking like the same thing. Yeah, right. I was thinking the same damn thing. My mind went there right, right away. Send them your bank account information over social media. We'll get it there for All sure. Right. Go ahead. Give us the winner and All the right. score. Listen, I think this is going to be a great game. I do. I, I mean, they're just the quarterbacks are so good. The offenses are so good. The players on the offense are so good. I don't expect... A blowout. I don't. I mean, again, I wouldn't be shocked if the Bengals win this game, but I'm not going to pick them to win the game. I'm not. Not on the road. Not in their first championship game experience against the Chiefs who have been there, done that. You know, they're at home. You know, I do think crowd advantage helps them here in this one a little bit because of the protection issues we've talked about with the Bengals. Now that pass rush gets off the ball a little earlier. So I'm going to go Kansas City 34-30. Exciting game, but I do think that the Bengals will stay within the range of the spread and cover the spread. So you are taking the Bengals to cover the spread. That's all I care about. You got no chance in hell to come back and beat me against the spread. I've lapped you there, but the spread, you have an opening, and the opening is there because here's what I believe is going to happen. And this is not an anti-Bengals pick. This is one of those hedges for me because all due respect to the Chiefs, I'd like to see the Bengals win. I'd like to see Bengals 49ers in the Super Bowl. If I had to choose my two Super Bowl participants, I'd, and then there's some nostalgia there. It goes back to Super Bowl 16, Super Bowl 23. Yeah. I'd like to see Bengals 49ers one more time all these years later. But I feel like whoever it is, I said this earlier, you drop them into Arrowhead on Sunday, Chiefs are going to beat them. You could reconstitute the 72 Dolphins in their prime, Chiefs are going to beat them. 85 Bears. Chiefs are going to beat them. Any of the great 49ers teams, Chiefs are going to beat them. There's just something right now about the Chiefs. They started slow. It's a marathon, not a sprint. Well, now they're sprinting. They're in their kick, and it's something to behold. Chiefs 41, Bengals 24. I think they're going to overpower the Bengals. It's just not going to be their day. They're not going to be deterred. They're not going to be discouraged. They're going to come back next year and maybe host the AFC Championship. But for now, this is it for the Chiefs. They get back to the Super Bowl for the third straight year with a rousing victory. I hope it's not 41-24. I hope it's closer. I hope you're right. I hope you get one more closer to I me. Hope too. That's fine. That's fine. I don't mind. But I think I think it's going to be one of those. And it just feels like we're set up for that after last weekend. It feels like we're set up for a correction, for an adjustment. And I think the correction is the Chiefs just drop the pedal to the metal and the Bengals learn what they're going to need to have to do yeah. if they want to be the Chiefs moving forward. That's right. I, you know, again, that's, it's, it's, it's a big part of the reason why I can't pick them. I agree with a lot of what you said there. And the Bengals, again, I still think are on the high a little bit of like, hey, this is great. Look at us. We're winning playoff games. We're so happy to be here. And the Chiefs were like, 
no, no, we expect to be here, and we expect to win, and we actually expect to go to the next game and win too and be the champions. That's what we expected all along. And I think there is something to that. So uh, it'd be interesting. And I could see the game going your way. I mean, come on, it's the Chiefs. Uh, you, 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 of course, the game could be 27-24 with five minutes left in the game, and you go, this is a great game, and all of a sudden, bing, bong, boom, and you go, holy crap, holy shit, they blew them out. How the hell did they just do that that quick? You never know. So uh, I, I can't wait, and that's what's going to be fun about this game because of all the playmakers. Let's take a break. We flip it over to round three of 49ers-Rams, the NFC Championship. We'll talk about that next on this joint edition of PFTPM and Chris Sims Unbuttoned. PFTPM, Chris Sims Unbuttoned, Joint Megapix Podcast, Conference Championship Edition. We spent a lot of time, a lot of time. We're just like Congress. The more money we have to spend, the more we will spend. We blew out the budget with the AFC Championship plus the other shit that we were talking about. NFC Championship time. Sorry, Kristen. NFC Championship time, 49ers at the Rams. Even though the 49ers have beaten the Rams Six straight times. The Rams, the home team, until they come out of the tunnel and see all the red jerseys, are three-and-a-half-point favorites with an over-under of 46.5. 56% of the spread money is on the Los Angeles Rams. Let's break this one down, and let's begin with 49ers on offense, Rams on defense. We saw it in the Monday night game when the 49ers steamrolled the Rams all game long. We saw it after the 49ers fell behind 17-0. They still kept running and running and running, and they ran their way right back into the game until Jimmy G had to throw. You know, Jimmy G had a dry day. Jimmy yeah, G had a moment. He did, he bugged well. Yeah. So what do you expect? With Sean McVay knowing they're going to try to establish a run, screw him over with a run, one of the first things, as you say, Kyle Shanahan looks for when he's game planning, what do you think happens when the 49ers have the ball? Well, I, I mean, you know, I'm just a little big picture thing here, just a little bit first. You know, as a, as a football team, you look at it, and I know a lot of people go, well, man, it's hard to beat a team third three times in a row in a season. And I get it. It is. Of course it is. I mean, we saw the, the Saints not do that to the, the Bucks last year with Tom Brady. Uh, but I, I feel like, and I don't know, you correct me if I'm wrong, I, when you beat a team twice – you're in the team's head that lost twice. They're going to go, damn it, what is it about this team that we can't overcome them, let alone at six times? That's where you know, there's an element of real great intrigue here. You know, I think about my dad's Super Bowl XXI team. They had to play the Washington football team in the NFC Championship game for a third time. They beat them. And I think about like the Titans and the Jaguars, right? Jaguars were 14-2, and the number one seed. Their two losses during the regular season were the Titans. Oh, crap. Here they come in the AFC Championship game. Lose again. There is something to that where we talk about it. It's a matchup league. So I find that part of it really interesting. Now, with the 49ers offense and Rams defense, I think it's simple here. First off, I think the Rams have some things to look at as far as what the Packers did last week in that game to slow down the 49ers run attack. And I think the base thing that I would take away from it, without being too in the weeds here or, or football X's and O's, is they sold out to stop the run. They sold out. And to me, that's where the Rams got to do in this one. It's got to be five-man fronts and seven guys at the line of scrimmage almost every play. I think this is a game where you're crazy as the Rams if you're, like, trying to take a little bit away of everything. you got to go all in to stop Debo Samuel run game, Elijah Mitchell run game, Shanahan run game, and Aaron, i got to see Jimmy Garoppolo in the pass game beat us. i got to see it to believe it. I don't think that can happen. i got to see it. That's what I would do if I'm on the Rams' defensive side of the ball. You know, the Rams, I will say, have we gone down the stretch, they will play man-to-man more. They have been matching Jalen Ramsey up with the best receiver a whole lot more. I expect to see that on Sunday. You know, again, if I'm them, Jalen Ramsey, meet Debo Samuel. You're going to be attached to his hip all game long so we can do everything else with these other guys to take away all the other Shanahan creativity and tricks he has. So that would be the thing I look at more than not. But – you know, again, I know I'm not breaking news here, but I do think it's a level up here where, hey, we've always talked about the Rams, the way to beat them is, you know, big offensive line, run right at them. You know, they're talented. They got pride. They're going to be pissed off. 
They certainly are. And Shanahan's so creative in the run game. But this is one where I go even extra that you really you almost got to roll the dice and take a few chances in the run game and go, no way, we're not going to let that happen. And, okay, we're a little compromised in coverages, but we got to take a chance somewhere, and we'll take a chance that Jimmy G won't pull through. Hey, and, and I think that even if, even if he does, right, you still have to set it up where you're going to force Jimmy G to beat you because you know you have a quarterback who just proved on Sunday he can make the big throw in the big spot. Jimmy G has it. And I talked earlier about how the Bengals need to keep swinging and go down doing what they've done because they're going to be back next year and they don't want to be timid now. There's a little wrinkle to this. If you're Sean McVay and you're like, okay, what are we gonna, what are we really going to try to do here? Hey, you know what? If Jimmy Garoppolo ends up pulling a shamrock out of his ass, or right. since he's Italian, doing this the right way, getting <laughs> this working the right way, you know what? Great, great. Let, they go ahead and beat us and get to the Super Bowl with Jimmy Green. Great, because then they got chaos next year at their quarterback. <laughs> position they got you know what i mean yeah hey, it You're carries right. over it to does. next year yeah, yeah, yeah. They're, they're gonna they're gonna be all fucked up pardon me about what they're gonna do at quarterback if right. they beat us so we're gonna force him to beat us and if he can't we go to the super bowl and if by some reason he does they got a mess on their hands that may knock them wobbly going into 2022 yeah and i mean we know i mean this is jimmy g it's shaky period you know made a huge mistake last week in the red zone you know, the first time around in, 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 in the Rams game, or this, you know, the second game, the Week 18 matchup, he threw two interceptions in that football game, too. Was close to throwing another one or two added on top of that. So that's where, you know, it's going to be interesting there as far as that. And then also, too, even with that, the Rams were up 24-17, and the big pass on the right sideline to Debo Samuel. It was Jalen Ramsey's fault. He messed it up. He kind of got... He like caught up with an underneath guy thinking Jimmy Garoppolo was going to throw a short route to, to George Kittle, who was covered by somebody else, but he thought, okay, he's definitely going to go there, and he let Debo Samuel open down the sideline. You know, I don't think Jalen Ramsey is going to make those mistakes. I don't. Here's another thing, Mike, too, to where you know, I do think the Rams sell out the run, do that, and then when you do get in pass situations, the one thing that jumped out to me – watching the Niners last week or, or the last few weeks and then watching what the Rams did against the Bucks offensive line. They did not expose the right side of the O-line for the 49ers enough in their both regular season matchups and especially week 18. And what I mean is number 60 and 66 on the right side of the 49ers are less than. It's, it's Brunskill and, and uh, it's Kelly, right? I think it's Kelly. I got so many damn names in my head I can't remember sometimes. They're both, that's the right guard and the right tackle. The Rams let them off the hook, in my opinion, in the first matchup. They got into too many defense alignments that allowed Shanahan to send the protection that way and get extra guys to help them out. Last week, I saw them do some cool things up front where they wanted to get Tristan Wirth's replacement, right, 72 wells in some tough positions, and they did some creative things to Brady and the protection to where they couldn't help out if Aaron Donald or Von Miller were over there matched up. They put a guy, you know, stand-up linebacker on the other side, and Aaron Donald over here. Uh, it, it's Compton, excuse me, not Kelly. I'm so I'm sorry about that. That's the right tackle. Um, but they put, you know, a look like that, you know, to where now, oh wait, Brady can't send the line over there to help out the right tackle and the mismatch that he has against Miller or Floyd or Aaron Donald. That to me was another area that the Rams dropped the ball in the Week 18 matchup. I would think they're going to try to expose that this week, especially because last week the Packers did a pretty good job of it. And Rashawn Gary, he ran rough shot, rough shop, did whatever the fuck he wanted on the right side against those guys over there. And, and uh, that to me would be another angle to look for in this one. I had a flashback to our early days of working together where you weren't familiar with the term run rough shot. I remember that. Now. Yeah. You, you thought it was run <laughs> rough, rough shop. shop or I can't rough remember. shop. Yeah. yeah, right, right. Yeah. yeah. Uh, all right, let's flip it over now. Rams with the ball. Cam Akers getting back to form. Right. Matthew Stafford exceeding expectations. OBJ becoming a very potent number two to Cooper Cup. Tyler Higby doing Tyler Higby things when needed. What do you think the Rams do offensively against the San Francisco defense? That's where it's like a crazy game. You know, like I was saying, like you favor the team that won two times in a row, but the team they beat two times in a row, of course, had a lot of new moving parts that they even acquired during the season. 
And they were, you know, on this trend even when they lost to the 49ers, and they've continued on that trend to where you go, man, that was only three weeks ago. But I go, the Rams have gotten better in three weeks. They have on both sides of the ball. And I think they've realized what they want to do, who they are. And that's where it's a little different there, too. Hey, I know, uh, number one thing they got to do is, of course, the, the 49ers D-line. It's so phenomenal. Uh, they, they like the Rams. I mean, they can get there with their front four. They can be really tough on your offensive line. They gave issues in that matchup, in both matchups. They really did. Safford couldn't hold the ball too long. Uh, so I look at that, of course, to be one thing. The other thing that jumped out to me a little bit, and I saw it last week, and then I saw it in week 18, just like I did a little bit, you know, on the other side here ago where I went last week, the thing that jumped out to me, the Bucks overplayed the Rams run game. I don't know what they were doing. They played the Rams in early on in the game. Like they were playing like the 1992 Cowboys with that offensive line and Emmett Smith, where you're like, what are you doing? It's a Rams. It's the 25th run defense offense in football. Why are you got nine guys at the line of scrimmage? Like you're worried about them pounding the ball. And usually McVay and company are the kind of offense that go, hey, we know how to run our plays against every look. Let's just run it no matter what. Oh, they got us outnumbered by one. We know what to do, and we'll leave the guy farthest away so he can't make the tackle. But last week they said, nah, you want to play those, check, check, check. I'm going to get to a play-action pass, or we're going to pass. It's just too good to be true. And they didn't do that in the Week 18 matchup. There are so many plays where I go back and look and go, man, the 49ers, are, they're playing run. They're, all they're worried about is run here. And they still ran the ball, and they got nothing. But there is this. Rams O-line's been better, and you said it. Cam Akers, he, he didn't really have a part in that, first, or that second football game in Week 18. He had just got back in the lineup. He's a, guy. He's a different guy. He's a difference maker. He's a be- the best runner on their team for sure. In fact, I'm gonna, he's the best tailback in this game, period. He's better than Elijah Mitchell. So there is that aspect to worry about this time around, I think, with the 49ers. And I think the Rams have found their way as far as, like you said many times, how to use Odell Beckham Jr. and use him off of Cooper Cup. I think that's grown over the last few weeks, too. That, that's where it makes it very interesting. But it's tough because the 49ers defense, in my opinion, is the best defense left in this playoff. They're amazing at playing zones and passing people off and kind of tweaking their coverage. And that's where it's it's a tough to call because both these defenses are freaky. And, uh, man, yeah, the 49ers, uh, they can give the Rams some issues. That's for sure. Okay, so we've reached the point where we must make a selection. And as I did before, I sent my pick in advance to Pete. No temptation to change. Because I would have been tempted. Once I saw your Bengals cover, I would have been tempted to make it maybe, you know, 38-32 Chiefs with the Bengals with a one-point cover. So, so I'm very curious to see who you're going to pick to win. And more importantly, especially if you pick the Rams to win, whether it's within this three-and-a-half-point bubble. So, you are up. Did I give myself away? Like, do you have a feel for where you, who you think I'm going to pick here by any chance? Last week, last week I thought you were taking the Packers, so I don't know. I good, don't know. Good, good. I like to. Do. I like to keep the audience dangling for sure. I, I, I better than dangling your man, John. That's right. We don't want that. That's an, un, un, an unnecessary thing as a penalty, three fifteen yards. But <laughs> that would definitely be a penalty. <laughs> Dangling your man junk in the opponent's face would definitely be a penalty and a violation of a city ordinance. Uh, Watch out for Mike Curtis and or Stephon Diggs. (laughs) Seriously, seriously. All right. I feel like 99 out of 100 times I would pick the team that won two in a row because I think there's a real advantage there. This is a tough one. It's a coin flip, but I'm going to go with the Rams. I am. I do. I just think at home, six-game win streak, you heard we heard McVeigh earlier today is Kyle Shanahan in your head. The question pissed him off. It pisses him off. Of course it does. That's what he's thinking about all the time right now. Man, the whole NFL world thinks Shanahan owns me. I started out three and one against the guy, and now he's won six in a row and I'm three and seven against the damn guy. I just think between that and the upward trend of what we've seen from the Rams, Matthew Stafford, the pressure of the playoffs, and listen, I trust Stafford more than I do Garoppolo. I think with all those things together and a little bit of like last year's thought of like the Bucks who were just getting better and primed at the right time, I look the Rams like that too. I think they go 24-21 and pull off the win at home. Pete, Pete, Pete has the evidence. Pete has the evidence. I picked the exact same score. Wow. 24-21. And you picked the Rams, 24-21. huh? 24-21. 
Rams 24-21. Damn, yep. on second thought, so, I think I made a typo. So, it's 24-20. <laughs> I, I have clinched, ladies and gentlemen. I have clinched at least a tie. It's all going to come down to now if if the if the Chiefs cover, it's over. If the Bengals cover, you still have a chance to catch me in the Super Bowl. If and we'll do this again. I'll I'll send my score in advance to Pete so I can't be tempted to to mirror whatever you do. But but 24-21, I feel the exact same way. Um and you know what? I I just have a I just have a weird feeling that McVeigh wants to go all out, win the Super Bowl, and and pull the Dick Vermeil combo. Dick Vermeil retired once because he was burned out young, and then he retired again after he won the Super Bowl. I I I could see the Rams winning it all and Sean McVeigh saying I'm out. I'm going to go chase the wow. money from one of the networks. I'm going to get paid more and not have this constant stress and strain and worry uh, if he can win it all. I think that's one of the reasons why they've been going all in. I think you'd like to win one and and exit stage left or stage right or whichever way you exit. I, I, I don't disagree I with you there. I do think that's on the radar for McVeigh. I do. I think that's a real thing. Uh, I don't doubt you there. Man, I just wonder if he'd do it right now because it's a – He's kind of got – he's got a quarterback finally here. They got something where you go, damn, you could be here for a year or two or three. Do you really want to leave and go broadcast games? That's where it will be tough. But I hear you. I, I would think that's on his radar. He's a psycho, and he burns himself out, and that's usually what happens to those type of guys. That's right. And you know what? You could go do it for a while, and then you could come back at some point down the road. But at least you walk away with a freshly minted Lombardi trophy under your arm, which I think obviously they'd all like to do. But for him particularly, if he could pull it off – then maybe he takes a break. We're going to take a break. We'll look at some prop bets, some Chris Sims boosters. Bet. He hasn't been boosted yet against COVID, but he's got some <laughs> boosters for you when PFTPM and Chris Sims on Button continues right after this. Chris Sims unbuttoned and PFTPM together again as we get closer to the Super Bowl. Championship Sunday is upon us. These are the Sims odds boosters presented by PointsBet. Let's begin with OBJ, a guy about whom we've been talking a lot lately and the impact he's had on the Rams offense. Not selfish, right? He's got a contract that pays yeah, him incentives based right. on victories, right. not yards. Well, here's a combo of victory plus yards. Rams win plus Odo Beckham Jr., 50 or more receiving yards, boosted from plus 170 to plus 205. Uh, why do you like that one, Chris? Well, I, you know, I, I think you've hit on it. Uh, again, yeah, I'm picking the Rams to win the football game. But the one thing I look at with the 49ers is – they will do some doubling of your best receiver. They did that a lot to Devontae Adams in some big situations last week against Green Bay. I think they know how important he is to the Rams and how many plays are dialed up for Cooper Cup to be the first read. And when Stafford is in trouble, he always looks for Cooper Cup. I think they're going to do some things to take him away in some obvious passing situations. And that, to me, is where Odell Beckham Jr. is going to come into play. Because that means more times than not, he's going to be one-on-one with one of those corners in San Francisco that we've questioned all year long. They always try to help them and protect them, but you can't do it the whole game. You can't, and not with as many things as the Rams do on offense. You know, there's a lot to defend there. I just think with the way the way OBJ's been playing, there's a connection between him and Stafford. I think they continue to add him as far as more offense to him that makes him the number one read and not always Cooper Cup. And I could see this game where Cooper Cup is a little bit of a decoy in this one and that the 49ers overplay it and we see OBJ take advantage of that. Yeah, look, I, I agree with you. I think that uh, he's going to have more than 50 yards and we both think the Rams are going to win. Yeah. So easy money and more money as the plus 170 becomes plus 205. Thanks for nothing, PointsBet would say. They're picking our pockets with this one. Pick their pockets with this one, too. Tyler Board scores a touchdown for the Cincinnati Bengals. That's boosted from 
plus 250 to plus 285. Chris, why you like that one? Yeah, well, Sims Booster Bet likes that because he's the un- he's the forgotten man from that offense right now. And I got to think with the, what they look at in that first game, like we talked about and broke it down, the Kansas City Chiefs got to be looking at this going, we can't play man-to-man and get in the face of these guys. We can't do that. Even if we play man-to-man and double Jamar Chase and we're man-to-man on T. Higgins, it's still advantage T. Higgins and Joe Burrow. So that's where I think it's going to be zone coverages, and that's where I think that's where Tyler Boyd comes into play in the middle of the field, working those zones, reading the coverages, being that guy that catches a bunch of 10 and 12 and 15-yard passes. And I think, of course, in the red zone, they get down to the 10-yard line. You're going to take away Higgins and Chase, and I think that's where he comes into play. So I'm going to take Tyler Boyd, scores a TD, Sims booster bet. All right, let's take a break. I, I usually say up next, best bets, but it's just best bet this week because there's only two games. We have one best bet each. We'll tell you what that is when PFTPM and Chris Sims Unbutton continue right after this. PFTPM, Chris Sims Unbuttoned. Here we go. It's best bet time. One choice each. This one's over because I'm up by three and there's three games left. And we've only got one best bet this week and we won't even have a best bet for the Super Bowl. So it's done. Suck it, Sims. What best bet do you have this week? You go ahead. You lead it off. I have a feeling I know where you're going. And, in fact, I, what I'm scared of is I think we might be going the same way here. So go ahead. I'd like to hear yours first. I, I, I Listen, I don't know with these two games. And I'm not confident enough that the Chiefs are going to cover to make it a best bet. I'm not confident enough in – the the Rams not covering uh, because that's how we have it. We both have it. Rams twenty four twenty one. It worked for me last week. It kept me from being completely and totally embarrassed across all categories. I'm going over again. Chiefs Bengals. Okay. Uh, even though I think the Chiefs are going to win by more than double digits, or not by more than double digits, that would be triple digits, and they would definitely cover and be <laughs> over if they did score triple digits. I just think there's going to be enough points in that game to get over 54.5. I was surprised it was 54.5 last week. I'm mildly surprised it's 54.5 this week. I'll take the over in Chiefs Bengals. I know I'm I, I'm on this game too, and I I'm just I'm not sure whether I want to go with I'm I'm I hear you on the over. I mean again the the first matchup was 34-31. I mean it's 65 points. It's not even close. Uh, I mean I, 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 there's a and the, and the Chiefs only kicked a field goal in the second half of the game. I mean, that's not going to happen again. I have a hard time thinking that, you know. And then, but at the same time, I don't know. I don't see the Chiefs blowing them out. I don't. I think that the Bengals are going to hang around here. I'm gonna, I'm gonna take, I'm gonna go the Bengals covering the spread. I think they're going to stay within the seven. I am. So I'm going to go that. I'll make it fun. It'll be interesting that way to where we get a little banter next week uh, regardless. You take the over. Hopefully that doesn't hit. Hopefully the Bengals keep it close and, and I can win. All right, we're still doing the Folsom Prison Blues pick, which really doesn't have the same cache. Makes no sense. Got to question the director we'll and producer in this one. We'll still do it. We'll still do it. The whole Folsom Prison thing, it's the Johnny Cash movie, Walk the Line, where the, the, the guy from the record company, while Johnny Cash is singing gospel, says, you know, if you were lying dead in the gutter, what's one song you would sing? Not dead, but dying. If you're dead, it's too You mess that up every Dying week. in the gutter. I do it every time on purpose, unless I don't. Give me the one game, if you were lying dead and or dying in the gutter, that you would take this weekend. Which winner? I'm going to take the Chiefs over the Bengals. That's the one. I mean, again, I mean, it just, uh, the, you know, the 49ers-Rams is way too much of a toss-up. I don't know there. And it's the Chiefs. You know, they've been to the Super Bowl two times in a row. AFC Championship game before that. Bengals, this is the first. This is unknown territory for them. You know, so that's the one I look at that if I'm going to bet one of these, I'm going to take the Chiefs over the Bengals. Yeah, I agree with you. Chiefs over the Bengals. I, with the Rams 49ers, who the hell knows? And, and look, if this spurs the Bengals, hey, put it on your bulletin board. Use it as, as pregame fodder to get – yeah, nobody believes in us. Well, nobody does because everybody believes in the Chiefs. This is not anti-Bengals. This is the Chiefs are a machine. And if the Bengals pull this off, congratulations. They become the new Chiefs. They take the title away. But like I said earlier, Chris, anybody drops into Arrowhead this weekend – the Chiefs are going to handle them. Yeah, I mean, I, I agree with you there. It's, this, is, this is a team that believes in themselves, that the ultimate showmans. And, I mean, again, we saw last week, you know, they were, they were up against it, and they still pulled it off. You can never kill the Chiefs. They're unbelievable. I will say your face is probably in the Bengals' locker room, though. They're probably throwing darts at it for next year already. That's, that's fine by me. <laughs> we'll see you next time. Enjoy the games this see weekend. See